Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Michael Cleary story. Previously, the tour of South Africa that stunned him, rugby league and rugby union moments that remain almost 60 years on. The story continues. Did you go to wrestling or did wrestling come to you? I used to, when I lived at Darling Point, Don Lane was living at Darling Point. Yep. He's a good mate of mine, Don. They said we were on together a couple of times. I said, no, we weren't. We may have danced together, but we weren't on together. (laughs) (laughs) So... We used to go to the stadium on a Friday night. Yeah. And uh, this particular day, Don gets introduced. Crowd screams and I get introduced. They're all South support. They scream and yell and everything. So at half time, we're going out and the fellow called Jim Barnett, who was the promoter. Yes. He said, my boy, my boy. My boy. Oh, my boy, I didn't think you were so popular. He said, you come up to my penthouse, will you? And uh, we'll have a discussion. I said, I'm not going to your penthouse. You'll finish up on a dart me or something. Yes. Don said, you can't say that. I can't say that. I said, I just said it. So in any case, he wanted me to come, he wanted me to come a referee and I said, no. He said, well, you've been an announcer, ring announcer. I said, yeah, well, I'll do that. He said, what do I do? He said, well, everything's a lock. Arm lock, leg lock, head lock, wrist lock. Yep. Everything's a lock. And a fellow called Roy Heflin, who was yes. an old wrestler, Roy Heflin had a chart out which had all the holes on it. Okay. So I studied the chart, used to sit it down in front of me. And uh, that's how I finished up calling it. King Curtis, Mark Lewin, Bulldog Bob Brower. Oh, Bulldog Man, the man of the hour, the eighth wonder of the world, Bulldog Brower. He used to get on the aeroplane, we'd go to Brisbane. <laughs> Walking up the corridor, everyone used to poo himself in the bloody plane. Poor bloke is sitting alongside him because they all sat on the aisle. He'd be seeing me, he'd be sitting right over near the window. He wasn't going to sit near, <laughs> near Brower. Oh, Big Bad John. Oh, dear. Oh, killer Carl Cox. Andre the Joint. Buddy, Andre the Joint. He was seven foot six or something. Mm. Think. I said to him one day in an interview, I said, uh, What do you have for breakfast? Thinking he's had a dozen eggs and yeah. eight slices of bacon or something. He said, I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> and I go, Numb. But he said, Lunchtime, I have three, three T bone steaks. Oh, <laughs> so he let, he let me off the hook. Back in that era, the wrestlers were extremely protective of their business. Did they allow you into that inner circle or were you still on the outside? No, no, no. They, they never always protected it. Yeah. I said, what is it? They said, it's ballroom dancing. One leads, the other follows. If you don't know how to dance, you'll get hurt. If I give you my arm. If I, if I, if I take your arm, you give it to me. Yeah. You don't. They never. They didn't rehearse or anything. They were just professionals. They were yeah. ballroom dancers. They just knew what they were doing. And uh, I remember one day I, I got up to uh, Festival Hall in Brisbane. Yep. And uh, the referee didn't turn up. Wallaby Bob, who's the, who played rugby union for Australia too, Wallaby yeah. Bob. He didn't turn up, so he said, "You you left a referee." I said, "Oh, okay." And this particular <laughs> this particular match, I was supposed to get picked up and back slammed, and then get up and count the bloke out. Yep. Well, I got back slammed and it knocked me out. I couldn't get up, see. <laughs> and they're yelling out at me, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. And I, I finished up shaking the head, crawling home, bang, bang, bang. But no, but they never, they never told you anything, never told you anything about, they never spilt their guts about anything. Didn't rehearse it, but they knew how to dance, as I said. Most say they're absolute gentlemen. Yeah. Tough guys. Yeah, yeah, nice gentlemen. guys, nice guys, nice guys. 
you know, they're a bit willing at time. Remember, yeah. One day we're going up to up the coast from Brisbane. I remember Big Bad John. He pulled out a bloody joint, smoked a joint. I was I finished up as high as a kite by the time I got there. You know, <laughs> I ran over a dog and everything. It was the ticket in Sydney, wasn't it? The wrestling well, back in the day was huge. We used to get a fourteen rating. And, the, and poor Ron Casey would follow us in. Yep. That used to, that wild world of sports used to, used to laugh and we'd come in. We'd, we'd just get a 14 rating on a, on a, on a Saturday at, at 12 o'clock yep. till 1 o'clock. Right after Joe the Gadget Man. Yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, that's right, Joe the Gadget Man. Dad tells a story about being at the Texas Tavern with Ray Stevens, yeah. the crippler, and because there was a genuine feeling of belief from the crowd that was watching the wrestling, they actually hated the Americans. And he'd, uh, he was attacked with a knife in the middle of the Texas Tavern after the matches by someone that legitimately thought he'd, yeah. Tavern, they'd all drink, all drink down there. They used to get, I think they used to get something like 5,000 a week. But, you know, they, they, did, they used to do about 10, 10 matches a week. Back to footy, Mike. What are your memories of assisting in negotiating a TV rights deal for the rugby league? But I remember, I remember when Packer asked me, would I, would I arrange a meeting with him and Ken, and Ken Arthurson? Yep. I said, what do you mean arrange a meeting with you? He said, oh, he told me to get stuff. Ken did, oh. I said, yeah, I'll arrange a meeting. He said, I'll give you 20000 I said, I'm working for him. I'm working at Sky Channel. Yeah. I said, oh, I don't want 20000 oh, Okay. So I said, you ring me. I'll be down, I'll be down the farm. And um, so I rang down there and... Butler, the butler put me through to, to Packer. He was, in, he was in, in the sauna or something. So I said, yeah, the re- meeting's arranged. So I said, next Tuesday in your office at some certain time it was. So in, in I go. Sat there and Kenny Arthurson says, uh, he says to Kenny, how much do you want for the TV rights of the rugby league? He said, I want eight million. He said, you want what, what, eight million? He said, I wouldn't pay that. He said, I can put Disney on parade on a Sunday night and, and get myself a 23 Points rating yeah. with Disney on parade. So he said to uh, the other fellow in the room with me, Linton Taylor, you go and work it out and give him five, will you? So I said, now what do you want me to do? He said, now listen to son. You've done what you had to do. As soon as he says the word son, you know it's the end of the, end of the conversation. Okay. Get out, get out. Yep. So I said, right, I'm out. Linton don't finish up doing the deal and getting five, five million for the TV rights. Now this is back in 19, what? Early 80s, which is in complete contrast to the early 70s. I'm going to say 72, perhaps, that the grand final was the only game televised that year because crowds had dwindled down and the New South Wales Rugby League at the time said, no, television, we want the crowds back at the games. Yeah. Was that 72, you reckon? Well, I, 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 I left South in 71 and right. went, went to East. Yep. Yeah, I think probably about that okay. time. Yeah. Why, do you, why the move from South to East? Because you've won got, three they did, premierships? They, they didn't want me. Is that what it was? It was all over the Johnny Sattler's jaw broken. Yep. We're talking the famous grand final 1970, right? And what happened then is Sats had a – he said, never let your opponents know they've hurt you. Yep. And to his credit, he was out in the wing, out with me. And I said, what are you doing? He said, hold me up, hold me up. So I grabbed his trousers, hold him up. I said, what's wrong? He said, I've broke my jaw. I said, oh, Christ, you better hold me up. I'm going to faint. <laughs> so I held him up. And he, he went in. To their credit, they tried to keep the ball away from him. He kept taking the ball up and up and up. And after the game, he made a speech, a victory speech and all that sort of thing. 
Then he went in the hospital. Yeah. Went out to South Sydney and he went into intensive care. He, he, he was in the shock. And Donahue and the team of the directors had gone to the Chelsea restaurant at Wallara to celebrate our victory. Yep. We were stuck at the, the, oh, the club with cold beer and hot pies. And when they came back, I got into them. I said, you're a team of low mongrels. Yeah. I said, fair digger. Sattler's in hospital, intensive care. No one's in there to see him. You're all at the Chelsea restaurant with your wife, celebrating our victory. Mm. You're at uncles. So did John O'Neill. He's time to go in them too. Yeah. So I went in there, and then it's the 70, my contract had expired. I'd negotiated a contract where I was on 3,000 signing on. Everyone else was on four. Bernie Purcell bought in a system where if you played for New South Wales, you, you got 2,000. Yep. If you, played, if you played for Sydney, it was 2,000. If you played for New South Wales, you got 3,000. Yeah. If you played for Australia, you got 4,000. Okay. But I negotiated a deal for 3,000 signing on, but $130, $130 a win. Okay. We were, everyone else was getting 80. So we were winning plenty then, so yep. 130 was good. And they said, I said, well, look, instead of giving me 130, I'll sign for the same contract, but as you put the playing fees up from, from uh, 60 to 80, whatever it is, mm. I want 150. I want the 20, 20 pound extra. It's decimal carries. I, yep. I, I want another 20. I want the 20. They said, no. I said, you're going you're gonna to not going to give me 20, 20 bucks. You're going to bring someone down and put him in the thoroughbred motel at Randwick. It'll cost you $200 to put him up there mm. to trial him. And you're gonna get, and they said, oh, you're a bad risk. We don't, we don't want you. So I ring up uh, Ron Jones at the eastern suburbs and said, mate, you want me over there? He said, yeah, cross here, we want you. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. Do you enjoy your year at the Roosters? Oh, no, I found it hard. Yeah. I, I appreciate what they did for me, but I miss South. I miss South. My, my loyalty was to South. I tried them inside out, but I, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Speaking to Bobby McCarthy recently, who obviously went and played two years at Canterbury, and he said, but I was a South guy. He said, it actually broke my heart. I would imagine it would be much the same for you. It was the same. They were family to me. Yeah. Family, as I said, the Aboriginals and all of them, you know, we, we, we were very close. The spectators, they're all so loyal. And I, here I was, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out in a limb on my own, at least in suburbs. Don Ferner was the coach. He nearly, yep. he nearly killed me. I've never trained so hard in my life. You know, up and down, up and down. Don had this system too. If you had to do four laps, if, if one bloke lagged, you have to do another four because one bloke lagged. And we used to do this system. We run across the field, across the try line, down, down to the 25, down the 25, up to the halfway, down again. Up to 25, and I, I was lagging again. And he said, "Right, oh, you clear. He's let you down again. Go and do it all again." I said, "Oh, okay." So no. everyone got yeah. penalised for got one pe- guy. Yeah, one guy. So I just said, I, "I said to him, I had a two-year contract." I said to Jonesy, "I said, listen, mate, I, I can't handle it." Yep. I said, "Do you think I could give it away?" He said, "Yeah, you can go." So I went. And that's when I bought the pub. Did you retire too early, or you? Lost no, interest. no, no, I didn't. I, it was the right time. You knew. You were 31, weren't you? 32 when I gave 32. it away. 30, yeah, 31, I wasn't 71. I was mm. 32 when I gave it away. I'd, I'd actually done a groin muscle in New Zealand in about 60, 
68, 68, I don't know what it was. I did it at Rotorua and I carried it. I carried that. Who's the fastest you've seen on a football field, Mike? Now? In all your years? Oh, we were. When I say we, <laughs> it was me, Dudley Towers. Yep. It was Moyer. Plenty of fast wingers then. You know, they weren't as fast as me because I, I, I used to mix both. I used to get yep. athletic training and, and rugby training. But uh, I tell you, the bloke, the bloke, the bloke from, uh, from, from Melbourne, he's pretty quick now. Josh Adokar. Yeah, yeah, Josh, Josh Adokar. Yeah, good on good on memories, aren't I? Yeah, Josh, I've been watching him closely the last, yeah. last month, actually, before the season ended. And his defence is good and his speed is great. And he's what he's going to get one more year at Melbourne and then come back to Canterbury or something. Yeah, coming up to the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you like watching? Is there are there teams or are there players that you like watching in the modern game? No, no, I just just I just love the game. I reckon yep. it's a great game to watch. It is a good product, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Good product. It's fast. You're awarded the Officer of the Order of Australia in nineteen ninety two. In two thousand yeah. you're awarded the Australian Sports Medal and inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Wonderful recognition, Mike. What do they mean to you? They're all a surprise, actually. I didn't, didn't, the, one, the, the, the Hall of Fame one was, was nice. The, the best, the first one was Lindy, the Lindy Awards. It's amazing how our gates have opened. Yep. Rugby Union, gate, gate open. Athletics, the gate open. Rugby League, gate open. But it must have had some sort of ability to keep the gate open, you know, to get in there. I had no degrees. Yep. Yeah, that's how that's how I got involved in politics. Actually, it was it was in in seventy two, after South collapse. Yep. I went back there and I, with Dad and I formed a business group with Johnny Reardon, the father, four other fellows, and then Pat Hills, who was a patron of South, and then the leader of the opposition. Yes. At the meeting of the club to 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 resave it, to save it, get it open again. Pat said to me, "Have you ever thought of going into politics?" I said, oh, no, no, that's, that's not for me, not for me. And it was Don Lane again, my old friend Don. He was at the meeting and he turned around to me and he said, Michael, you're 31 years of age. Yeah. Got no degrees, got no education, got no, no, no uh, um, business attributes or anything like yep. that. You've just worked hard all your life. He said, you want to reconsider that? So I said to Pat, this is a funny story too. I said, okay, Pat, I'll, I'll do it. What do I do? So well, you sign here first of all. You're living at Liguria Street. Yep. A mate of mine, they had to have residential qualification, so I'm supposed to rent a room there. Yeah. And uh, you're going you're to run for the seat of Coogee. I said, oh, okay. So I get on the phone. I ring my brother Dennis. I say, Den. I said, yes, Mike, what's up? I said, I'm going into politics. He said, well, it was about time you did something like that. He said, you lazy thing. You're about time you did something. <laughs> You're going to run for the, I'm going to run for the Labor Party. He said, oh, good, okay. He said, what seat? I said, I'm going for the seat of Coogee. He went, oh, shit. Oh, whoa, whoa. I said, what do you mean, oh, shit? He said, I've got pre-selection tomorrow for the seat of Coogee for the Liberal Party. And Dennis was a, he was a foundation member of the Liberal Party. He was wow. A, he, was, and he was a very astute businessman, yeah. Dennis. And I rang Pat. I said, I can't run, I can't run. 
said, what do you mean you can't run? It's done. You've got to go. You've got to run. I said, no, my brother's going for pre-selection for the lips, for the Cedar Coogee. He said, oh, you can beat him. I said, how can I beat him? He's heavyweight boxing champion of New South yeah. Wales. I said, he's captain of the surf club. I said, he's playing for Randwick. I said, we'll finish up on Belmore Road, Belton Hill. They'll have each other because we used to fight like cat and dog. But the libs never picked him. They picked a fellow called Ross Freeman. Three weeks later, he won the thick. And then I had to go and do a, do a few things. And I had to go door knocking with Jack Ferguson around, around Coogee. And this is on a Saturday. So we start to start at a block of flats in, in Avoca Street and bring Oh, Michael, we're just watching you on TV. The wrestling's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on in, come on in. And Jack said, Oh, bugger this. Let's go back to the pub. We'll go back to the pub and have a drink. <laughs> and, and so we do. And I think so. I won that by 25. 35, 35. Boats. Yeah, won the by election. Then it went up to, then it went up to six and a half thousand. So we had no trouble. You'd become the New South Wales Minister for Sport and Recreation and Tourism with the RAND government, 81 to 1988. It's an amazing accomplishment for a young bloke that had dyslexia and ADHD. When we look back now, that is a, a wonderful story. Well, as I said, I had a good memory. Yeah. And the only, that's the only time I, when I actually discovered the dyslexia. Is because, it really? Because when I was a minister, they prepared a speech for me. Yep. And I went home and I practised it. But when I got in the chamber, it became all blurred. I couldn't read it. An amazing time in sport globally, but Australia and New South Wales, those mid-80s, because so many sports were transitioning from training twice a week, a couple of dollars here and there, into what is now full-time professionalism. I mean, it was yeah. quite a brief for you. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, was, it was, I enjoyed it because... As I said, Roderick Miller taught me common sense. Mm. I bought him pub tab. Yep. Club tab. All those sports. We built the cricket ground, the, uh, the, sport, the sports ground. We yep. built the sports ground. Parramatta Stadium. You know, we built Parramatta Stadium for 30 million. The replacement value was 70, 748 million. We built and we had all the other friends of Parramatta wouldn't let us go over, over a certain height. That's had right. to fight all that. And it was a good little stadium up there too. Oh, it was a fabulous stadium, yeah. Parramatta. But the new one's better. It is gorgeous. It's, isn't it? it's better. Yeah. And now, they're, now, they're, now they're, the old sports ground's coming down. They're building a new one there, and that's going to cost eight hundred million too. We built that for sixty-two. You know, not an ounce of government money. It was all all from self-funding. That was mid eighties because the yeah. first grand final there was yeah. like nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. I, yeah. I recall. Yeah. yeah, that's it. What are you most proud of across your journey? Is there one achievement that stands out? No, I just enjoyed life. I just enjoyed it. I just, I never, I never dreamt of anything was going to happen like it did. Mm. It just all happened. I think the 70, 65 grand final against St George, I'll never forget that. Commonwealth Games, I'll never forget that. The English, English tests, I'll never forget that. The memories of South Sydney. When I arrived at, at, at South Sydney Redfern Oval, Donahue, Dennis Donahue was the coach. Mm. He was drunk all the time, full as a boot. We had... <laughs> And I thought, what have I put myself into here? Wow. And then one, one game, I, I, I just get off him, Michelle, let him play the ball. And it was a bloody Darcy Law to the referee. I said, who speaks to you like that in this game? The referee was <laughs> sledging you. <laughs> yeah, the referee. Oh, never, but what a, what a year. What a, oh, that, that made me proud. made me proud that did. You never forget the memories of South Sydney and the Ramwick boys. Do we still still slowly Ramwick boys every, every second month? We have a coffee club at the Centennial Park. There's about 13 of us. We all get together. 
I'm 81, they're all about the same age, somewhere older than that. Have the stories got better over the years? Yeah, of course they have. Yes. Of course they have. Of course, our memory's gone. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a wonderful career, one of so much variation from union to league, athletics, politics and beyond. Importantly, you've had an amazing impact on many. That continues to this very day. Michael Cleary, you, sir, are a legend. (laughs) A lovely thing to say. What a story, what an insight. We hope you enjoyed Michael Cleary, the complete package. That he was, that he is. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. We're giving away an unfiltered trucker's hat each week to the best review. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.